Well, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And how easy it is to rejoice in such an atmosphere of Christian people who love God and show it. Some people love God, but they don't show it too much. But uh, you are showing it this morning. God bless you richly. It's such a privilege and, and an honor to be here this morning. Share with you God's precious word. The word of God will stand when heaven and earth has passed away. You can count on the word of God. It's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to divide and asunder both soul and spirit. Who can divide that? It's a wonderful word of God. It's our hope. It's our life. It's our instruction. It's our highway map that we can go by. And it's... Uh, Wonderful to share the word anywhere, but it's especially an honor of mine to be here at Christport this morning. Your pastor, Pastor Josh, is such a wonderful man of God. He is loved and respected, and one of our most outstanding preachers in the Pentecostal Church of God. So you're fortunate. You are. And he has always exemplified the love of God. He mentioned about camp meetings in West Virginia when he was just uh, young. He worshiped then like he worships now. Maybe a little more so now, but uh, everything's supposed to improve with time. I'm waiting on my time to come. I believe it was Benjamin Franklin who said, give me 26 lead soldiers, and I will conquer the world. 26 lead soldiers. Of course, what Franklin was talking about is the alphabet. Give me the 26 letters of the alphabet, and I will conquer the world. Never think that these lead soldiers are not soldiers indeed, for they are. They'll stand on any battlefront. They'll fight for any general. It doesn't matter whether they're good or bad, but they have been used for generations to declare the message that the people wanted to get across. The truth contained in those letters and of the alphabet are so powerful. The power of the press is so predominant until many presses that dared to preach the truth, uh, declare the truth, have been uh, confiscated and closed down because of the power of the printed word, the power of the alphabet. They'll march under the leadership of a preacher or a dictator. They're not easily dissuaded. They will keep on their job, even when people ignore them and, and uh, shun them. There is a power, a mighty, wonderful power in the press and in the alphabet. Some have said that in the last century, the greatest invention of, the, of that century was when Gutenberg discovered the movable type of the printing press back in 1455. 
was one of the greatest inventions because that let word and knowledge out and it was able to print it and print it in volume. He said, I am the alphabet. John the Baptist was on the Isle of Patmos, which was a prison camp. And he got to wondering what day it is, and he got to thinking about it, and he contemplated. He said, why, why this is the Lord's day. And he got to thinking about back at Ephesus, I can imagine in my mind, and about the church that was assembled and worshipped, and oh, I'm sure he thought, I would love to go back to Ephesus and preach one more time and worship with the wonderful saints of God, but I can't. But he's got to thinking, well, they're worshiping back there. I can just worship right here. This is the Lord's day. I can just imagine that he began to pray. He began to praise and worship God. And when you begin to pray and when you begin to praise, Jesus comes down. Hallelujah. When you worship and when you pray, Jesus comes down. You try it sometime and see if it doesn't work. And Jesus then speaking words of encouragement to John and to the world. He said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith God. What words could you use to encourage John or to encourage you this morning? when you think about Jesus being the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending. Alpha, of course, in the Greek alphabet was the first letter of the alphabet. And Omega in the Greek alphabet is the last letter of the Greek alphabet. And uh, so he, he would say, you, it, Alpha in the second letter is Beta. So that's where we get the word alphabet, alpha, beta, the first and the last. Jesus was saying, I am the alphabet. What a metaphor. I am the alphabet. I want to talk to you this morning a little about that, about the divine alphabet. How that Jesus and the alphabet are are alike in so many, many, many different ways. In, in fact, if Jesus had been speaking in English, he would have said, I am the A and I am the Z and all the letters in between. I am the alphabet. And oh, what a powerful message that is. First of all, I want you to notice how the alphabet and Jesus were the same. First of all, it was inexhaustible. The alphabet is inexhaustible. What a wonderful invention. Maybe the greatest invention of all time was the, the alphabet that now we're able to read and write and communicate one with another. It has influenced generation after generation, this alphabet. The alphabet is a cornerstone of literature. I love to go to libraries and look at all those books, and I like to read them. When you go into a library, you think about all the books that are there by the 
tens, hundreds, and thousands. Many big libraries. I understand the Library of Alexandria in Egypt had some, I think, 600,000 volumes of rolls back in those days. The Library of Congress, I think, is the biggest library today. There's actually mile after mile of books and books and you look at all of those books and you think about all the knowledge and the information that is caught up in those books and you'd like to grasp it, you'd like to uh, learn it, and you'd like to enjoy it. Books after books after books after books. But all of those books by all those authors are composed of just those 26 letters of the alphabet, five vowels and 21 consonants. But all those books, those volumes of books, those millions of books, and of the making of books, there is no end. All of those books are comprised of just, just those 26 letters, letters of the alphabet. All the writers that have ever lived, all the English writers that have ever lived, have used those 26 letters to write those books. There's books of science, there's a there's books of religion, there's books of history, there's books of romance, there's fictional books, there's non-fictional books, all kinds of books that you could read. There's such a vast store of knowledge and it's all wrapped up in those 26 letters of the alphabet. Shakespeare wrote using those, uh, the Romeo and Juliet using those 26 letters. Lincoln wrote the Gettysburg Address using those 26 letters. 26 letters. Martin Luther King wrote the I Have a Dream by using those 26 letters of the alphabet. Oh, the composition of the great books that have been written by using those 26 letters of the alphabet. Yet, the alphabet is inexhaustible with all those books that have been written, all those letters that have been used, juxtapositioned in different ways, in different ways. At times, all of them, all of them have used the alphabet since the first man picked up the pen and began to write until this very day, the thousands, the millions of books, they all have used the alphabet. And now understand that, that now there are over 600,000 Words in the English alphabet. Can you imagine that? 600,000 words. All the way from the simplest I to the longest supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Now you're surprised that I could say such a word. I don't know what it means, but if you ever looked at Mickey Mouse Club, you probably remember that. All those words put together, yet they can never exhaust the alphabet. They never will. So Jesus used this parable. This parable is considered by some as the last parable of Christ. When he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. You find Christ all throughout the Bible. You remember when the disciples were on the Emmaus Road and they were going to Emmaus and Jesus joined them. This was after the resurrection. And as they walked along, they began to talk. 
And then Jesus began to explain to these disciples about the, uh, uh, his life found in the Old Testament. It's in Genesis, it's in Exodus, it's all, it's all the way through. Yeah, you'll find Genesis, you'll, you'll find Jesus there. He is the alphabet, he's the alpha and the omega, the A and the Z. Someone has put together the names and the titles of Christ in alphabetical order. When he said, I am the alphabet, he says, I am the advocate, the anointed, the author, the amen, the alpha, the ancient of days. I am the beginning, the beloved, the branch, the bridegroom, the bishop, and the bread. I am the captain, the counselor, the cornerstone, the chosen, the consolation in Christ. I am the day star, the door, the deliverer, the daysman, the dayspring, the desire. I am Emmanuel, everlasting elect. I am friend, finisher of the faith, and forerunner and firstfruits. I am God, governor, God, glorious Lord. I am the high priest, the horn of salvation, the help, the hope, and the head of the church. I am, I am immortal, invisible, inheritance, image of God's very person. He is Jesus and just and judge. He's the King of kings and King everlasting and King of Israel. He's Lord of lords and life and light and love and lily and lion and lamb. He is the messenger, the mediator, the master, the Messiah, the mighty God. He is the Nazarene. He's the Omega, the offering, the only begotten of God. He's the priest, the Passover, the prince of peace, the prophet, the potentate, and the perpetuation. He is the quickening spirit and the questioner and the qualifier. He is righteousness and resurrection and the root of Jesse and the rose of Sharon. He is the shepherd, the stone, the seed of woman, the servant, the sufferer, and the savior. He is truth, teacher, tabernacle, and testator. He is the universal answer. He's the victory. He's the way, the witness, the word, and wisdom. He's X for the unknown quantity, the image of Christ. He's Yahweh, yoke fella. He is Zion's king eternal. He is indeed the alphabet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is just inexhaustible. Let me tell you this morning, you'll never exhaust the grace of God. You'll never exhaust the love of God. You'll never exhaust the forgiveness of God. You'll never exhaust the provision of God. He is God and He cannot be exhausted. People have been drawn from that resource for years and years and years, but you'll never exhaust it for He, he is God. He is inexhaustible. Not only is He inexhaustible, but He is indispensable. You go back to the, the libraries and you see all of those books with all those, that information and, and knowledge in it. And you, you think about all that is there, but all of those books are locked away from you. There's something you can't get to unless you know the alphabet. You've got to be able to read. And to be able to read, you've got to know the alphabet. There's a lot of things in life that we wonder and we ponder. And we wonder how it is. Jesus said, I am the alphabet. Actually, about four times in the book of Revelation, he uses that same phraseology, I am the alpha and the omega. 
We don't understand God's revelation as clearly as we should unless we understand the alphabet and we understand Jesus. You can't understand life without you understand Jesus. Just like you can't understand literature without knowing the alphabet. You can't understand life if you don't know Jesus. He is the very source of life. The, uh, he says, um, but to understand him, to understand the revelation of God, you know, it, uh, he, he came and uh, uh, appeared, and he, he didn't just tell the whole story all at once. You have to, as you read the Bible, you get new things and new concepts, and it's all there. And it, to really understand that, you've got to, you've got to understand Jesus. He's there in the Bible. He's there in Genesis. He's there in Exodus. He's all throughout the Bible. Or Roberts in his great uh, sermon, the fourth man, said in Genesis, he's the seed of woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the eternal high priest. In Numbers, he's the cloud by day and the pillow of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the leader like unto Moses. In Joshua, he is the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he is the horn of all. In Ruth, he's the kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he's the trusted prophet. In First and Second Kings, he's the mighty king. In First and Second Chronicles, he's the eternal monarch. In Ezra, he's the faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of the wall. In Esther, he, Esther, he's the Mordecai. In Job, he's the hope and the resurrection. In Psalms, he's the good shepherd. In Proverbs, he's eternal wisdom. In Ecclesiastes, he is the, uh, he's a time of all times and eternity. In the Song of Solomon, he's the lover of our souls. In Isaiah, he's the Prince of Peace. In Jeremiah, he's the righteous branch. In Lament, uh, Lamentation, he's the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he's the God with the four faces. He's the, the God of the dry bones. He's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. In uh, in Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fiery furnace. In, in Hosea, he's a faithful husband. In Joel, he's a baptizer in the Holy Ghost. In Amos, he's the burden bearer. In Obadiah, he's the money to save. In Jonah, he's the first great missionary. In Micah, he's a messenger with beautiful feet. In Nahum, he's the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he's a stirring evangelist. In Zephaniah, he's a burning sage. In Haggai, he is a restorer of the lost inheritance. In Zechariah, he's the eternal fountain. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness returning with healing in his wings. He is all through the Bible. In Matthew, he's the Messiah. And Mark, he's a miracle worker. And Luke, he's the Son of Man. And John, he's the Son of God. And Acts, he's the giver of the Holy Ghost. In Romans, he's the justifier. In First and Second Corinthians, he's the sanctifier. In Galatians, he's the redeemer of the curse of the law. In Ephesians, he's the Christ of eternal riches. In Philippians, he's the supplier of all of our need. In Colossians, he's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In First and Second Thessalonians, he's the soon coming King. In 
First and second Timothy, he's the mediator between God and man. In Titus, he's the faithful pastor. In Philemon, he's the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. In Hebrews, he's the blood covenant. In James, he's the great physician. In first and second Peter, he's the chief shepherd. In first and second, third John, he is the everlasting love. In Jude, he's the Lord coming back with 10,000 of his saints. In Revelation, he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. 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 And no, you'll never exhaust him. For he is indispensable. You'll never understand history unless you understand Jesus. For someone has said history is his story. Someone has said this God-forsaken world, never believe it. God has never forsaken this world. It might appear like it sometimes when you see the actions of people, but God still rules in the affairs of man. He still holds the world in his hand. Oh, hallelujah. His story. I am the alphabet. He says, I am the beginning and I am the end. And all, all the way, all the way through. He's, he is uh, indispensable. I think about Jesus and I try to understand him. But he is also, not only is he inexhaustible and indispensable, but he is invincible. Invincible. In other words, he goes right on through. Right on through. What he begins, he completes. He's the alphabet. So he's not going to drop you off at S or L or M. He's going to go all the way through. I like the way that the writer of the Hebrews said he is the author and the finisher of our faith. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. He's the author and he is the finisher. What God authors, he will finish. Oh, hallelujah. Now, sometimes we're looking for God to finish something he never authored. Are you with me this morning? We get to thinking that what we've got in our mind, but if God authors it, he'll finish it. He is the beginning and the end. Uh, Paul said, I'm persuaded that he that has begun a good work is able to perform it against that day. He started out on this way. Some people would say, I would serve God, but I'm afraid I'll backslide. I'll, I'll fail God or I'll turn away. I'll be tempted so that I can't handle it. What God offers, God will finish. I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which have committed unto him against that day. He's going to carry us through. Let me say this morning, what you're going through, you're going through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, God is faithful. 
The, uh, I don't know how, how you view the first chapter of Genesis in the beginning with God created the heavens and the earth. I don't, I don't know your understanding of that, whether your understanding of the earth, whether it's 6,000 years old or if it's 6 million or more. And uh, I don't think it really matters. But what I can tell you is this. When it started, God started. He is the Alpha. He is the beginning. It wasn't until he said so. And when he said it, it was done. He is the Alpha. I don't know how you view the end time. Some believe that this world will go on for thousands and thousands more years. Others believe that Jesus could come at any moment. That the trump of God would sound. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. We believe in the imminent coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know how you believe. But I'll tell you this. It's not going to be over till he says it's over. And when he says it's over, it'll all be over. It'll all be over. He is invincible, invincible. And then, uh, fourthly, he is adaptable. Isn't it amazing how you can take the alphabet and it's adaptable to, to everyone? A scientist can take those 26 letters and create books of knowledge and using words that I can't even pronounce. They can do that. Or a historian can take those 26 letters and write and display history. They, uh, but all, all of these writers use the same 26 letters. You can tell I'm kind of I'm captivated by that. How that so much can come out of so little of just the alphabet. A poet can take those 26 letters and write a poem that can be set to music and people will sing it for hundreds of years. Or a judge can take those 26 letters and write out a sentence that can send a person to death or set him free. The power of those 26 letters of the alphabet. They are adaptable. You and your ideas and idiosyncrasies and ways of thinking can take those 26 letters and you can write what's on your heart and, and uh, express your feelings and your emotions. Me of a whole different nature can take the same 26 letters and I can express my emotions and, and my feelings all coming from the same 26 letters letters of the alphabet. They are adaptable. They're adaptable for you. All of us can use them. So is Jesus. Jesus is adaptable. 
He sees you where you are, and that's where he comes to you, where, where you are. All of us didn't come to Christ in a, in a beautiful church like this. Some came to Christ in, in different ways. I think about Zacchaeus, who came to Christ in a tree. And Jesus says, come on, I'm going to go home with you today. I think about the woman that was called in the very act of adultery. She came to Christ on the street when she was about to be stoned. Or how about the woman at the well of Sychar, the Samaritan well, the well, Jacob's well, who came in the middle of the day. She was, because of her lifestyle, she didn't want to see anybody. But there at that well, she met Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wherever you need him, that's where he can be found. Many have found Christ in, in the midst of a drug addiction or in a, in a life of adultery, a homosexuality, or in sin and murder. They found Jesus. Jesus loves us and his grace is sufficient for us. It's more than sufficient. Where sin did abound, he said grace did much more abound. No matter how low you go, he, he can reach you. No matter how high you go, he can, he can find you. No matter how messed up your life is, he can straighten it up. I'm talking about this divine alphabet. Jesus. Jesus. I was in, um, in New York uh, being a part of the American Bible Society um, Advisory Council. And they, uh, there they were studying different ways to to. Get the word out. That's what the American Bible Society is about, is trying to get the word out in a, in a way that people can understand it and at a cost that they can afford. I was there in this particular session. They were, uh, they were talking about technology. And, of course, uh, when it comes to technology, I'm uh, the least uh, capable of understanding it. I, I have a hard time turning the computer on and off, you know, what, or reading my email. But here they were, they was talking about, about the technology and getting the, the word out. And uh, they were talking about digital generation. Digital. Digital. I just feel so glad that I can say that word now. Digital. Does that make me sound intelligent? Digital. I'm not getting the word out through, through the digital. And now, of course, that was a few years ago, uh, the whole process of digital communication and telecommunication is so, so vastly enhanced digital. Now you, you, nearly everything is digital. Did you know that pictures now are reproduced digitally? And uh, most of the, the books that you read, they're, they're, they're done with digital. It's digital. And uh, they were, he was talking about all that and how it was growing. And, and, uh, and then he said, he said, now you understand digital, it only uses two 
Oh, I'm kind of caught up with 26. He said, everything that is done digitally is done with ones and zeros. Now, did you know that? Well, look here. I've, I've shared a little knowledge since I've been here. Ones and zeros. Everything is done with ones and zeros. And I was sitting there and thinking, and I, I think about that. And now, I'm not saying God gave it to me. I'm just saying I was thinking. And I was thinking, one, one, that stands for God. For God is one God. Three persons, but one God. There is but one God. And he is the almighty God. And then I thought about zero. And I said, well, that's me. Zero, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. Then I found out that what it is is how you arrange those ones and zeros. They have to be arranged properly. So I got to thinking about the divine mathematics. And so I thought one, zero, one God, zero, that's me. And if, uh, if you take the zero and put it in front of the one, the zero in front of the one, it gets smaller. You ever notice that? It becomes one hundredth, one thousand. On down the line, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller when you put the zero in front of the one. But if you put the zero behind the one, <laughs> The more zeros you have, the more of nothing you have, the more of God. It gets to be a ten, a hundred, a thousand, ten thousand, and a million. God can take our nothing and make something out of it. I don't know how it is with you this morning, but God knows. And He is very applicable to you. He knows your need. He knows your struggle. He knows your problem. And he's able to do something about it and will. We'll just ask him. You may feel like you're all alone, but you're not alone. He's got his eye on you. And he loves you. He wants to help you this morning. Would the praise team come back to the platform, please? Mm. Mm. Would you stand with me, please? I know we've already had prayer around the altar here this morning, but it might be that you came here today with a need in your life that hasn't been satisfied yet. Facing a problem that you don't, you don't have the answer to. Jesus cares for you this morning. And he'll meet you where you are. And he'll take you to where you ought to go.